Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, well, welcome to the Dr. Sandoval Show here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome to the clinic where we always talk about our mental health, our spiritual health, and our physical health as well. Um, you know, we today we have a, a great show. We're coming into Lent here, and I know that we've done a show on confession before, but we want to revisit the topic a little bit because as we get into the season of Lent, as we start, you know, doing our penances, our sacrifices, and we hear that there's going to be penance services, we're going to go to church, we're going to do our confession different questions come up with regard to confession. I know we've talked about it before, and confession is confession. I mean, it's a sacrament of confession. We come with our sins. Um, but one of the questions that I would have is, what's the difference between confession and therapy? A lot of times we hear, we, we're not exactly sure how to distinguish that. Today we're joined with our very, very special guest, Trish. Trish, our uh, secretary here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. How are you doing, Trish? Good, thank you. All right. Happy well, Valentine's Day. I know, happy Valentine's Day tomorrow, right? Well, yep. thank you, thank you for being here. Um, with us today. Always a pleasure to have you um, and your wonderful insights. Shall we start with a prayer? Is there a specific prayer you'd like to, to pray today? Um, yeah, to our Blessed Mother. Okay. Creating ourselves to... Sure. Why don't we pray the memory? Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into thee, O Virgin of Virgins, our Mother. To thee we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, let me see here. I have a Bible verse I wanted to start off with. Um, it's from the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16. And it says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So one of the things that I like about that Bible verse, it's talking about confessing sins to each other. Um, and we know here in, in our Catholic faith, we go to the priest, right? We go to the priest who represents Christ. And so this Bible verse reminds us that we do have to confess our sins out loud. We have to say them. And it's not just about myself, you know, speaking directly. It's we got to confess them to each other. But it also speaks so that you may be healed. There is a healing power to confession. So when we go to confession, we have to remember that a confession can be therapeutic, but it's not necessarily a therapy session. And that can get a little bit confusing. What do you think about that, Trish? No. <laughs> That gets definitely um, intertwined in my confessions, and I really, I really admit that, and I feel sorry for my confessors because, um, fortunately for me, most of them are um, they they seem to be um, either versed or this is what they do outside of um, their priestly duties is they um, they help couples and they help sure. families and sure. spiritual so, counseling yeah the counseling and all of that so um it kind of intertwines a lot sure absolutely but i think that that's why that's why i like that bible verse because it, it reminds us that it is healing and i think that when we go to confession we want to find that healing we go there and we think gosh you know i'm going to divulge some some deep parts of myself here some parts of myself that i don't even, I don't even like to look at necessarily mm -hmm. and as i as i speak these things all of a sudden i feel like 
well, I need to back them up a little bit. I can't just, you know, I don't just want to say, hey, this is where I'm at. I, I want you to understand the whole story. Right, right. right. But, then I hear, but then I hear some priests who, you know, say, hey, listen, when you guys come, you know, I hear them in their homilies. When you guys come to confession, I don't need to hear the whole story. Just tell me what you did and that's it. Have you heard that before? I have. And the problem for me is I feel like, like you said, like there has to be a little bit of explanation how you got to that point doesn't there, you know, to, to kind of make it make sense rather than just saying, well, I did this and then what, you know? Right. And, and I think that that's where really, that's a, that's a great point because obviously when we go to confession, we, we were saying something that it's kind of like we're at the tribunal, right? We're, we're at the judgment there where we're in a courthouse and we're like, Hey, your honor, <laughs> this is what I did. And I want to be my best lawyer and I want to advocate for myself. But, and, and it can become feeling really cumbersome and really heavy when we do that. I think one of the things that we need to remember though is when I'm going to confession, what is it that I'm really doing? Am I talking to the priest? Do I need to give the whole explanation to the priest? Or am I really going to confession to really say sorry to just Jesus, to a person who I have a relationship with? It makes me think about, gosh, if I hurt my friend and I were to go over to their house and I was like, you know what? I know that I messed up. I need to apologize to them. I'm going to go, I'm going to apologize to them. Am I going to sit there and give a long drawn out explanation or am I going to, or is my friend going to, you know, and I say, Hey, remember the other day when this happened, I did this, man. I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to, I, I messed up, you know, and, and I did this and I'm so sorry. Do they really want to hear the whole drawn out explanation or do you think they just want to cut it short? If, we're, if I'm just talking to a friend, what do you think? I mean, I might depend, but what do you think? No, I think, um, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I, I don't know if it's a personality thing um, with some people they need to um, completely thoroughly explain themselves mm-hmm. um, and other people are just everything is so cut and dry yeah. like my husband no is no you know right. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, it and be I'm true. all yeah but this and this and this and this so <laughs> right you and you want to you want to get your point across as to why that you, you want to go through the process you want to make sure that um, that it's understood that you've dotted your eyes that you've crossed your teeth right and that I haven't left anything pertinent out right you because know? because I, honestly speaking when we do something like that it's like and you want you want to I think and you correct me if I'm wrong <laughs> But I think what, the reason that we want to explain so much is because we want to kind of get to the point of, hey, listen, I did this, but that really wasn't me. Something went off. I, I, I did something, that, and this was my thought process, and this is why I was wrong, mm-hmm. but it wasn't me. What do you think about that? No, I think I think that's a lot having to do with it, and maybe that's why some confessions go so much longer than others. Like if I'm if I'm going to confess, oh, I had some road rage again, that's it, you know? But then something that was deeper that I probably, you know, need to talk to somebody else about, but that it's just weighing so heavily on me that I feel like I need to confess this. Um, it gets into a little bit more explaining. And um, that's where I think maybe it, I don't know if it's crossing a line, but it's, it's definitely um, blurring no, the ab- boundaries. Absolutely. Because and I think one of the things is this, when I think about that, I think you're absolutely right. And this is where I think there has to be a little bit of a happy medium. Mm-hmm. Because when we do go to confession, we have to, I, I can understand what priests are saying because at the moment of confession, it's like, look, I'm here to absolve sins. I'm not Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this through the power of Jesus Christ. And what I've heard priests say when they say, come to confession and just tell me what you did, um, they usually say, look, Jesus already knows what you did. So I don't need to hear the whole story. You're, you're really talking to Jesus. I think one thing is we have to get into that mindset. So mm-hmm. that's pretty fair. I want to go there and talk to Jesus like a friend and just say, hey, I'm so sorry. I did this and, and he already knows he was there in the moment and, and I've gone through it. 
However, I think that there's also that role that gets blurred, which I, um, which I would wonder, you know, from a priest's perspective now, the priest come and tell us, hey, you know, come to, when you come to confession, just tell me what your sins and what you did, and, and that's it. But from the, from the laity perspective, from somebody who's sitting in the pews, I would have an, an, a question for my priest too, and I would say, hey, listen, can you be a little bit more available for spiritual counseling? Because I think it would be a lot easier for me to just go to confession and just say my sins if I knew that maybe I could go to spiritual counseling before or if I could process what's going on with me spiritually with someone who's supposed to be my spiritual guy, my spiritual father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think um, if um, if we knew that the priest was more available and like right now it's really difficult. Yeah. yeah they just no. aren't. No, absolutely. And um, I think especially right now uh, with this being, we're, we're right at the door of the doorway of Lent. And I think it's important for people to um, make an effort to reach out to their priests and to ask for some some guidance and some um, spiritual directing because we aren't we don't feel like we're getting that support i think that and i think that that's the bottom line i think this is the difference between confession and therapy Mm -hmm. you know confession i can appreciate i mean i I think i guess as a a psychiatrist myself who you know sees patients this therapy i can break it up in a little bit and i can think of it in a way of like um, obviously patients have to have sessions with me where we sit down, we talk and we say, Hey, how are you doing? How would you do the progress? But that's not the medication. I prescribe medication, right? So I say, get your medication. I think confession is more like going to the pharmacy, getting your refill and getting your medication. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to the pharmacy, I'm getting my medication. I already know. And I've already put, you know, refills there for them. They, they know, and they take it every day. And then I think there has to be some kind of spiritual counseling sessions aside from confession. And that's kind of like the clinic visit. You know, I'm coming in here strictly for for the counseling. Look, this is what I'm struggling with. We can do an absolution or a confession at the very end of the of the session as well, because at the end, when people come in to do their counseling with me, at the end, I I check on their on their refills and their medication. And okay, we've had a great session. How are you doing? Are you taking the pills? Is it working? Um, but I think we need to have some of those spiritual counseling sessions. And I just wonder uh, if priests have the time, the energy, or the desire. What do you think? I think some priests um, have obviously done some research and their own um, education, if you will, on um, counseling and and that kind of guidance, Um, particularly the ones who help with um, family and marriage. I'm not going to call it therapy, but counseling, definitely. Um, And others are probably really uncomfortable with it, and they just want to do their job. You know, they don't want to get into people's really personal business. They just want, and it, it, the problem is it is personal. Right. No, Confession absolutely. is very deeply personal. So um, I, I have, a, I don't know if it's a hard time reconciling it, but it's kind of an expectation. And maybe that's my own naivety that, um, you know, you're a priest and it's your job to hear and to listen and if you can add a little bit more to I just absolve you and and you can add a little bit more to that with some direction, then I think that's a good thing. I think that's a really, really good point. I have some thoughts on that. Uh, I know that we're coming here on the break and we're going to touch more on that when we come back. But it is interesting to know, you know, what is our expectation of our priest and is it realistic or not? We're going to definitely touch on that more when we come back because that's going to be very important during our Lenten season. Okay. 
All right, listeners, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio, where you're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. I'm Dr. Sandoval, and today I'm joined by Trish, our wonderful secretary here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We are coming up here. We're in the doorway of Lent, like you said, Trish. We are in Lent now, starting the season, and every time in Lent, you know, we, we know that we need to do sacrifice. We need to look at ourselves. We need to be ready for that Easter Sunday and present ourselves to Christ, also risen with him. And one of the things that we talk about is during Lent, we want to go to confession. We want to confess our sins. We really want to look deep down inside and see where is it that I'm limited in my relationship with Christ. So definitely going to confession is about healing my relationship with Christ. And that kind of gets lost sometimes though, because I want to go talk to the priest, right? Right. right. And, so, and so I'm going to go talk to the priest and, and I want to, I, gosh, I hope it's father so-and-so because he has such a nice personality or I hope it's his father, right? So we think of these different things, but Trish, what do you think our expectations of the priest should be, you know, when we do go to confession, when we're in the confessional versus say spiritual counseling? Well, that's just it. Um, you know, as a convert, we go over in class what, um, what we need to do, mm -hmm. but we don't talk about what our own expectations are and if they're realistic or if, if, you know, if I can only go by my own example. I think I expect way too much. Well, that's interesting. Cause tell me something here. Now, this is something very, very interesting. I'm a cradle Catholic, as we say, you know, <laughs> born and raised. And, and one of the things that get gets lost is I, I sometimes forget the excitement of our, of our religion. I don't see it through the eyes of a convert because it's what's expected. It's kind of, I tell my friends, I'm like, it's kind of like being born in Disneyland. Like it's always awesome. So after a while you just kind of live in awesomeness versus <laughs> you go there with somebody for the first time and you see it through their eyes and, and they're like, Oh my God. And I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that is pretty cool. And yeah. so being that you've, that you were convert, what was your impression? What impression did you get of confession and what it was supposed to be versus, you know, while you were studying versus your experience? Is it different? Is it the same? What do you think about that? Well, I think especially, and I touched upon this on our first visit, um, my first confession, I came with a book right? because <laughs> I didn't right, know, right, right. I didn't know. They just said, confess everything you can think of. So I was like, well, oh, oh, you know, sure. and, um, and again, it wasn't really explained to us what we should expect other than you're going to say X, Y, Z, and then the priest is going to say, okay, I absolve you and you need to do your penance and this and that. And that was it. But there was just, so much more I felt like needed to be said or needed to be done. And I don't know if that was an unrealistic expectation or if that's really, you know, you're taking care of so many things when you're confessing. Right. And, we, and we're only given a window, right? So almost, in, right. you know, and, and I feel bad. It's like, if I go to the confessional line, it's a long line. I'm like, well, I don't want to sit there and talk for 20 minutes. Right. You know, I want to kind of get in there and take care of the laundry and right. go out. Um, and, and it's hard, but then the question is, when do I have a chance to sit down? I've got all these things going on. I don't necessarily want to speak to my spouse about it. I don't know, you know, we're a, a different in the relation. This is like, how, how am I doing with Christ? I need to talk to somebody about that. It would seem that naturally I have a moment to sit down with a priest here. Mm -hmm. And he went to, it's kind of like, what do you expect of your doctor? Right. I go to the doctor's right. session. <laughs> they don't have time. <laughs> There's only me. 10 minutes. <laughs> fix me. Right. But what I think that when we go to the doctor now, we always say, gosh, the doctors don't have time. And I don't feel like, you know, was it thorough? Was it not? So we go to doctor internet and we know that and then we get the information that we're going to die that day because that's what it, that's what it comes <laughs> right. down to but right. so i guess a real question is you know before the break we were talking about what is it fair for us as a lady to expect of our priests what do you think um yeah that is a good question and what is the answer because it's different for each of us right 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 
So I, mean, I think the only thing I could think of with my interrupt, and, and sorry about that. No, that's okay. Um, I was thinking, you know, ultimately the priesthood is a very, it, it is a personal uh, sacrament to the people. You know, it, it's sad because I remember that priest, when I went to seminary, I remember t- hearing that year that they would say, you know, the, the most important thing is don't be a sacristy priest. And what they used to say is a sacristy priest was a priest who went from the rectory to the sacristy to give mass and then went back to the rectory and was never present for the people. And ultimately, the, the real question is, you know, for me as, as a lay person, I look at the priesthood and I don't look at the priest necessarily. I think when I come to church, when I come to confession, I'm trying to work on my relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. I want to get right with Christ. And you're my liaison to that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's a certain expectation that I think I need you there, Father. I need you to be out there because yeah, definitely. because that was kind of like your role. So at some point, I would hope that there would be time for us to sit down and talk, um, and that hopefully the you know the spiritual seminary and training. I mean, I was only there for a year, so I can't speak to the whole process of it. Um, but hopefully, there was a time where they explained to you there might be moments where you need to talk to the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, I don't know if it's um, generational. You know, like mm-hmm. um, some of the older priests, mm-hmm. maybe because they've been in that position for so long that it's it's almost like going through the motions. Yeah. Um, Could be because that happens. I mean, I can tell you as a doctor that happens, you know, and right. you start off and you're very caring and you want to spend time with people. And after a while, you start realizing, boy, there's a lot of administrative work that comes to this. Boy, there's a lot. And it kind of drags you down. So I think in all fairness, that happens as well. You know, priests get into these administrative roles or that now they have to worry about the budget for the parish or things like that. And that's going to, you know, take away from from the ministry. Mm-hmm. And maybe the priest himself doesn't know where should I draw the line? You know, somebody's asking for help. And their only opportunity is confessional. Do I cut them off and say, hey, you need to come back and do this, that, and the other? Or, okay, I'll just sit here and listen, and I'll say what I can, and then absolve, and then move on to the next person. Maybe they can't continue to process all of that because it it does weigh down. It does cause burnout. You can't take on everybody's problems and all of that. You have to pick it up and put it over there, lay it down at Christ's feet and uh, move on to the next. Yeah, definitely not during a confession. This is where I can appreciate where they say, you know, when you come to confession, come to confession because there's a long line of people. I need to listen to a lot of sins and Mm -hmm. do a lot of uh, absolving. So I would hope that you would have already processed your relationship with Christ beforehand, Mm -hmm. already kind of thought about what you wanted to say to Christ beforehand. But um, what I would say is if it gets that long, I would hope too that, you know, father might say, you know what, this is, this sounds like it's a big deal. Here's my card, call the parish. Let's set up a, a, an appointment to sit down and, and talk. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And I haven't now granted, I try to go in there and just do the confession part. So I haven't heard a lot about that. I haven't had any priest really tell me, you know what? It sounds like we need to sit down and talk. You haven't heard it. No, but, <laughs> and but perhaps I, I should have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, you know, I don't know about that, but I think that this is kind of uh, speaking as, as a lay person sitting sit in the pews. I want to get closer to Christ but I feel like there's a gap and I would hope that some priests would maybe, especially during the time of Lent, open up a little bit more of a clinic, open up uh, sessions for, you know, spiritual counseling, clinical counseling. This, these are my hours in the rectory. I don't know what's possible now during quarantine time, you know, depending on the different diocese, but, um, but I think that that would be helpful even by phone. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's another thing. Um, maybe this is going to open up avenues, um, through telephone mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Zoom or Skype or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think a lot of priests feel like they have to be face to face. Sure. And um, they don't have the time for that. Sure. Or whatever. So um, I would hope that um, this this quarantine situation has made force people to be creative in how they deal with everyday stuff, stuff that we take for granted. You know, you figure, well, I can always go to I can always go to mass every day. Right. And well, no. I know. Yeah. That was a big shocker, so, right? So that was that was one of the things with this quarantine. It really made me appreciate our faith so much more. Right, right. Which is why now you're absolutely right. Like now I mean, never in my mild, wildest dreams that I think there was gonna be a time without liturgy, without the mass. You know, never did I think, oh, they're going to close, close down our, that's for, that's for like communist countries. That was like Eastern Bloc way back when, you know, I, right. I went, I visited Prague one time and I, there were still some churches that were shut down. And to me, that was like so foreign. It was like, wow, this is, they really shut you down. And I never thought we'd experience that here. So definitely it's made it me appreciate more. Where can I find there's a, a, a Eucharist, you know, a liturgy, where can I get the Eucharist? Mm-hmm. But now for coming into Lent and thinking about confession, it's made me appreciate that more too. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's now the priests are limited, you know, they right. we thought they were busy before and now they're really limited. Right. Right. So, right. so we're blessed here. Um, we have a fantastic little parish that, um, you know, father, y- you only have a small window of time, but he yeah. definitely makes himself available to you, um, regardless. And, um, that truly, I mean, you would, expect you know i expect that to be every parish and that's absolutely not the case even before quarantine there you know i actually was turned away prior to my conversion Um, what do you mean well for example i had gone to a a different parish when Mm -hmm. i was a young young mother uh, wanting to get established wanting to do the right thing remembering my promise to (laughs) one senior um when I got married, that I would raise my family Catholic and sure. do the right thing. And, um, you know, the uh, red tape of it all and trying to get established and get the children into um, Catholic school and all of that, you had to be almost a member of this club. And that that turned me off. And then to have them say, well, you're not already a parishioner, so you can't, right. we don't have room for you. So, um, I think the church as a whole really needs to work on making that availability known to people to be open. And especially with the priests they're they are overworked and there's not enough priests. I, th- I think we, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I think we need to really, um, push and encourage the vocation because they are, they are stressed out. I feel so sorry right. for them. I think that that's what it comes down to, too, because that's one of the things, like, you know, we can say, gosh, Father, this is what I expect of you. But in all fairness, Father's going to say, well, how do you want me to accomplish that when there's only so many of us and, and this is what we right. You know, but I, I think that a, a happy medium would be nice, like the availability, I think, for confession. This is where the confession can be very therapeutic yeah. um, without necessarily being a therapy session. I think if, if we had the availability of our priests, of our spiritual fathers, that we would know that, you know, we can go to father, there's an availability, I can get there. I don't think we would have that such a sense of urgency that I got to divulge all this during confession and feel so rushed. And I didn't feel like it was therapeutic because I didn't feel like I was talking to Christ. You know, I felt like I just kind of went through the drive through sometimes, you know, right. or I was waiting. How come that person in front of me was in there for 15 minutes and then I've been waiting out here and then I get in and father gives me two seconds. What was that all about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
it's it's so hard to not feel um like you're being singled out or whatever mm-hmm. um when it's such a, a deeply like i said personal thing you are you are laying your life out for it to be scrutinized right that's what it feels like right yeah yeah, yeah. and um to to kind of feel like it's being brushed off yeah is that's that's got to be um i think looked at from both sides of that they they need to understand that um when we're coming to them they it, it it's hard for us to to do that and maybe perhaps and i don't know if this is true for for any priest but it just seems to me that um if they've been a priest for a certain amount of time they either should expect that or at least acknowledge that you know this is this is a difficult thing for most yeah. people to to go through i think we're coming to confession trying to find christ yeah trying to find christ's forgiveness and that healing power of christ and sometimes we don't always feel that right. but that's okay because on the other hand on the other side of things how well how prepared are we when we go to confession and that's what we're going to talk about when we come back from the break okay All right. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to Dr. Sandoval's show here. Uh, you're listening to myself, your host, Dr. Sandoval. And today we have our special guest, Trish, joining us uh, with her wonderful insights uh, into aspects of our faith. Today we're talking about confession. And as we're coming into Lent, really, what should we expect from confession? What should we expect from our priest? And what should we expect to get out of a confession session versus should it be a therapy session? You know, what's what's the big difference? And what we've been saying is while confession should be therapeutic, I can appreciate how some priests might say it's not a therapy session. Now, as a layperson, I, I think it's fair to expect, you know, certain things from our priests, no different than your doctor. There are spiritual there are spiritual doctors, right? Doctors of our souls. So when you expect something from me as your doctor, you come to clinic, you expect that I'm going to be there, I'm going to be present, I'm going to listen to what's going on, your ailments, and I'm going to have an idea, maybe not all the answers, but an idea is what kind of medication you need. When we go to confession, the medication is always the same. It's Christ, right? So that's that's the final medication. You got to get to the Eucharist, the sacraments. But there are some elements, elements, since we are individuals and Christ sees us as individuals, where we want to feel like we know we have that personal touch. We have that personal touch from Christ, not just the priest, mm-hmm. um, healing us and speaking to us. I know that last time we talked about confessions, I told you about a couple of confessions I went to where I was like, that was all Christ speaking to me. Mm-hmm. There was no question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no question that the priest, as he was speaking, the priest wasn't there, and it was the voice of Christ speaking to me. Mm-hmm. But what do you think, Trish? What do you? At what level? What should we really expect from our priest at that point? Versus, we're going to talk now. Also, after you tell me this, um, what the priest should expect from us? What do you think that we should expect from our priest? Bottom line. Well, I guess um, it, it occurred to me while you were talking about um, doctors and healing and. Um, prescriptions, I, I suppose it would be the difference between um, getting a prescription filled by a pharmacist and mm-hmm. then going to see your general practitioner for mm-hmm. everything else. Sure. You know, um, so if if it helps me personally to car- compartmentalize that and going to confession is like going to the pharmacist to get sure. what you need to move on. Sure. And then... Um, Seek the spiritual direction, like I would seek a physician to fix the problems. Then so be it. Then that that's exactly um, 
what sure. our expectations should be. Well, because I mean, I can tell you, I can appreciate why from the priest's perspective, they say, look, when you come to confession, it shouldn't be drawn, drawn out, excuse me, because as a physician, I can tell you, yes, there are some people who have some very serious chronic issues that I need to delve deep. I need to spend some time with them. I need to do a little bit of mental surgery, shall we say, and get in there and see what's going on and do the prescription correctly. And then there's other patients that come where I wonder, what work have you done outside of here? Because is it fair for me to go into confession and expect the priest to fix me if, right. if I haven't been eating well, if I haven't been taking care of myself, if I haven't been really paying attention to my health? And then I show up to the doctor's office and I'm like, okay, fix me, make me, make me great. Right. You know, I think that that could be a burden that the priest could feel too, because somebody can come to confession and then the priest says, wow, you want me to take care of all of this <laughs> in this session. But then when you're at home, where, how's your prayer life? What are you doing to, to get better? Because by the time you come to me, I can't possibly fix all that. What do you think about that? No, I think that's exactly, exactly right. Um, you know, it goes back to, um, reconfessing the same sins over and over again, sure. you know, my potty mouth, my, my road rage, this and that. Um, hopefully by confessing it, even on an ongoing basis, you're becoming more aware of it. So mm -hmm. you're going to be correcting that as you go on. And, and hopefully, um, that's, you know, the goal is to, to reverse these bad behaviors and these patterns of behavior. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think part of the, the issue when we go to confession is, am I still making a good confession? Like, did I leave something out and maybe talking through it, you, you find that thing that maybe you didn't think of ahead of time when yeah. you were doing your examination. Yeah. Because part of the process, I think when we go to confession, I have to ask myself, how am I offending Christ? You know, what is it that I'm, I ultimately my, what I'm going to confession for is because I've offended God. I've, I'm, conf what I'm really confessing is that Christ is the truth and I have not met that truth based on the commandments, based on the rules that he, he's given us. And my confession is that I have fallen short mm -hmm. of my relationship with Christ. But outside of confession, when I leave the confessional and on the everyday basis, am I thinking about Christ? Am I putting God first? Am I working on my relationship with God? Um, or am I kind of blowing it all off and hoping that once I go to confession, there's like this magic pill, you know, as patients ask me for, do you have a magic pill? Um, you know, we joke around, but am I hoping that I go to this magic pill that all of a sudden I go to confession and everything's fixed in that moment? Um, I think that it's fair also for priests to remind us, hey, this is a process too. You know, I, I'm, I love to be here for you. I love to do the counseling for you. But a lot of times, sometimes we feel like we might expect, uh, we want the priest to do the work for us too versus just the, the absolution. Yeah, no, um, I think falling into that trap, um, you know, I, I would hate to um, come to the realization that I keep going to the priest and, and reconfessing the same things, expecting him to fix my problems for right. me, you know, um, I think that, um, we get so caught up in everyday life and our jobs and this, that, and the other, and maybe we're just not making enough time to, to do a proper examination and to, um, work on the things that we need to work on. Yeah, because, I mean, ultimately, the priest can't fix my relationship with Christ for me. You know, this is a personal relationship. He can use the tools that Christ gave him to help me. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like if I have a friend and, you know, I keep hurting them, 
you know, and, and somebody else can help me out a little bit, give me some counseling, but I, I got to make things right with this friend. You know, I'm not going to be able to fix that in one second going to this other person who says, hey, you know, your friend really likes uh, chocolate. Why don't you give him a little bit of chocolate? Or your friend really likes when you do this. If I don't do that on my own with my friend here, if I don't do that on my own with Christ, every time I go to this person, they're going to say, well, you know, where's your part? Where are you working right. in a relationship with Christ? It's no different. I'm telling you, when I see it in the clinic, I see it all the time. People come in um, for various reasons. They're not taking care of themselves. They're not trying to improve themselves. They come in and, and they just kind of want me to fix them. And I'm like, that's kind of hard. I do have medication. I do have ways for you to get better. But between each visit, if you're not doing some work on yourself, it's going to be really hard for me to just take care of it. Right, right. Um, being sincere. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's one thing to be sincere while you're confessing, but to have a really contrite heart and your act of contrition is like the first step. And then what are you going to do to continue that contrition every single day? Yeah. Um, is something that we really need to, I think, look at and apply. And I think that that's the preparation, right? That's the preparation for confession because as we prepare for confession, I don't think confession is the time to be sorry for my sins. I think I got to show up to confession because I already was sorry for my sins. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I might know what my sins are. I might know how I'm offending my friend. But have I tried to make amends with him? Have I have I looked at that and been like, boy, that's really messed up in me. I got I got to try to stop. Mm-hmm. Not that we're perfect. I mean, I, we're going to fall into the same sins, and we can look at that from the perspective as, you know, we have bad habits. We have that we are. I am my same person. I'm the same person I am when I went into kindergarten. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm no different than that than that person. <laughs> I might have grown. Hopefully, you know, I don't know that I'm even more mature than then. But you know, it's the same person. So I carry myself with me, so to speak. But how much am I knowing that I carry myself with me? How in light of in light of that how am i working with my relationship with christ i think that's kind of what it comes down to there's a bible verse here i wanted to read um which i liked because it says it's from the second book of peter chapter 3 verse 9 it says the lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness instead he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance Mm. and so i like that because i think sometimes when we go to confession we think it's got to be a fix-all in the moment right there Mm -hmm. And that's really, I think that that's why we want to talk so much and say so much because it's like, this is happening. I want it to be fixed. I want it to be taken care of. Just like in the medical clinic, people come to me and they want the fix right there. And I have to remind them, you know, life is a process. It's like we're human beings. We got to take it. We got to try to heal one day at a time. This verse I think was beautiful because it says the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. We think, you know, God didn't answer my prayers. God didn't take care of me. God didn't forgive me right away. I need to go confess this again. But I think it's more of that process where actually God's being really patient with us because if we saw the totality of, of our offense in that moment, I don't think we could handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Um, the imagery I was thinking of while you were reading that that passage was, it, it's like expecting a rose to be bloomed. Yeah. Before it's even had a chance to grow from a seed. Exactly. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, God yeah. made the garden, right? The Bible starts in the garden for man. Man starts, or I say, man starts in the garden. And I think there's a, a very real reason why the the image of the garden was uh, used. Mm-hmm. You know, God wasn't didn't say that Adam and Eve were on the top of a mountain. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to get to that top of the mountain. But we're in a garden because in a garden you have to work. A garden's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. You know, between the weeding and the fertilizing. And the patience, you're absolutely right. We put our seed in the ground right. and we want the rose the next day. Right. You know, and it's like, no, you know, you got to kind of give it a moment. One day all of a sudden you'll see petals. One day you'll see the sprout. One day you'll see. But right. but the work has to be the same every day, regardless of where that rose is. Right, right, exactly. Um, 
there you had um, said the last time around when we were discussing confession, a uh, specific prayer that you say um, to meditate on while you're doing an examination of your conf- conscience. And I was hoping that you would mention that. Yeah, again. So that, yeah I was going to mention that. So what I uh, had read about was that if you do the novena to Our Lady of Sorrows, mm-hmm. so I did a novena to Our Lady of Sorrows with the intention of uh, asking Our Lady to please reveal to me where my deficits were, mm-hmm. to please reveal to me where my sins are, to please reveal to me, to really be honest with myself is, a, is what it comes to at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, denial is a very powerful force. And, I, and denial can actually be uh, very therapeutic because sometimes the mind is not ready to handle a lot of things. So we can easily be in denial of where we're at. Mm-hmm. And I think the more in denial we are, the more we want to explain ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. But really, I was asking Our Lady to, you know, through doing the novena of Our Lady of Sorrows, you know, help me, please be gentle, but help me be, help me really see myself for where I was uh, or where I am at any time so that when I do go to confession, I'm honest with myself. I don't make any excuses like, you know, no excuses. This is what happened. It's kind of like when you see athletes, you know, after a game and they're asking them, oh, what, ha- what went wrong? You know, didn't have a good game. There's no excuses. I should have done this and that. And it just didn't happen. Um, kind of the same thing, kind of going in there and saying, this is where I'm at. This, it, it just didn't happen for me this time. I tried to play the game and it wasn't good. These, this is where I failed. And I got to tell you, that was one of the most, it, the confession didn't take long. It wasn't a therapy session, but it was one of the most therapeutic confessions I've ever had. It's crying like a baby. Yeah. So more about that when we come back. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what um, can we really do to prepare for confession during this time of Lent and what should our expectations be of our priests? And what should our expectations be of ourselves, more importantly, in the light of Christ? More about that when we come back. All right, welcome back to the Dr. Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Uh, as always, we are always grateful for any donations you want to make to our program here. Um, you can always go to our website. Um, or you can always call into uh, our show and, and make donations if you like what you're listening to. I really like being a part of Virgin Most Powerful Radio because I think um, people who are on fire for their faith, people who want to follow the Catholic faith and want to talk about it I think and hear about it, I think this is a, a great avenue for it. Today we're talking about confession, especially coming into Lent, what we should expect from our priests, what we should expect from ourselves. And we are joined by Trish, of course. Uh, Trish, how do you think, uh, what are you thinking about this show so far? What, what's it bringing up for you? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, just, um, I got a lot of work to do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think we, and I think that that's the beauty of us, uh, as Catholics being able to talk about this, you know, confession seems to be such a private matter. And yes, the individual confession is a private matter, but the process is something that we own and belongs to all of us because Christ gave it to us. It's part of our faith. And I think that we need to share our process, what works for us, what doesn't work for us so that we can help improve. It's not about, I don't really care about what anybody else's sins are because trust me, I got my own burdens and I don't want to carry anybody else's. You know, when I think mine are too much, thinking about, you know, and we look at other people, oh, they don't have any sins or this or that. Gosh, if I took on somebody else's burdens, I would not be able to handle it, even if it seems so easy from the outside. You know, I've got, I got problems to, <laughs> or my own problems to deal with, shall we say. Um, but I found this, um, this Bible verse, which I think is very helpful. It's uh, from First John chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. And it says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from 
from all unrighteousness. And what I like about that is that it's asking us to be honest with ourselves. If we claim to be without sins, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And what it really means more than anything else is that it's not about our sins. Mm -hmm. Christ doesn't care about our sins. He cares about us coming back to him and fixing the relationship. Christ cares more about the relationship. And I think in our, you know, in our humanness and our weak in our in our weakness, in our lack of perfection, we focus so much on the sins and we can easily become scrupulous and want to confess and confess again and more and more and more. When the reality is Christ is coming and he's he's like, it's not even about your sins, you know, it's like it's about just come and be with me. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I found um as you're reading that, it just made me feel so warm. Mm-hmm. It was so comforting to hear those words. And I've heard those over and over again. And I love that verse. Um, it just, um, it gives you a a different perspective about, yeah, it's about you, but it's more about your relationship with him, yeah. like you were saying. So it just doesn't, um, it doesn't matter. Um, there's another verse. There is nothing that he can't um, forgive. Yeah. And that's the other thing when we forget, because sometimes we go into confession, we think, oh my God, God's never going to forgive me. How this was so bad. And I think that we underestimate. And if we, if we really believe that this is where Christ is saying, trust me, your sins are nothing. I can take care of that. It's more about where's your heart. Is mm-hmm. your heart wanting to come to me? Keep coming to me. Even of your sins. It makes me think of two things in the Bible, two, two different stories. One, I think I talked about last time when uh, St. Peter was out there and, and they were catching the fish and it was the first time that Christ called Peter. And when all of a sudden Peter caught the fish after a night of not being able to catch anything, because Christ told him, Hey, throw your nets back out. And he was like, but Lord, there's nothing out there, but you know, if you say so, I'll throw it out. And he got that huge catch. He recognized that that was Christ. He saw that who that was. And he said, stay away from me. I'm a sinful man. Get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Christ did not address sins. He didn't say, yeah, I know you're a sinful man. Boy, look what you've done. He didn't say anything like that. All he said was, come follow me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that we come and we have that fear. We see Christ and we say, oh my gosh, I've done so much bad. I'm, I'm going to go to hell. And Christ is not even, Christ is on a whole different level where he's saying, when you come to confession, yeah, come to confession, but just follow me. Like, don't worry about, tell me what your sins are. Don't worry about them. I'm going to take care of them. Yeah. What you're really doing when you're coming to confession in the eyes of Christ is, hey, tell me your sins so I can take care of them because I died on that cross for you to take care of them. Let me take care of them for you real quick. And then now you're free to follow me. Right. That, that's right. one of the things. The other uh, passage that shows me the, the nature of Christ is when they brought the woman who was caught in adultery, the whole crowd was there. She did not say a word. The crowd accused her of being in adultery. Christ didn't turn to her and ask her, hey, is this true? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Christ didn't say a word to her. She did not say a word at that moment. Everybody else was accusing her. Christ talked to the people and said, hey, how many of you are innocent? Get out of here. You know, they, they, he didn't really say get out of here. He said, throw the first stone. And then everybody left, right? right. So in a, I read that as Christ is saying, really? You know, you guys want right. to condemn right. her when, you know, look at yourselves at this point. And this is where I say, I don't want to look at anybody else's sins. I can't judge anybody else's sins. That's between them and Christ. And then all he does, she never says a word. And he turns to her and he says, nobody else condemned you. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Follow me. You know, and I think that that's really what confession is all about. And we forget about that. It gets so scary that we forget. It's just like, I want to follow you, Christ. And this is what's keeping me from doing it. Can you take care of this from me? Right, right. Um, I love the the verse that you had said earlier in the show, I think in the first, se- um, the first segment, mm-hmm. um, regarding talking about... Um, Confessions to each other. Yeah, yeah confessing was, to each other. That was James five sixteen. It said, right. "Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, so for that you other. may be healed." The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. 
Right. Do you think perhaps the woman who was facing being stoned to death while her child was looking on um, was praying quietly to herself? Yeah, she had Christ, Christ could hear her. He knows everything. And um, they were, they perhaps were having that prayer conversation with each other. Like, I'm so sorry for what I've done. Sure. Sure. And I, and the thing about that is that, you know, she doesn't say a word directly. We don't hear about her saying a word in the Bible. It's kind of like that confession where you're there, you're faced with your sins and you have no excuses. Right. What was she going to say at that moment? You know, she's, she's condemned by her. She has no excuses. Right. Christ is there. She wasn't trying to run away. She wasn't. She was just accepting whatever was going to happen. Yeah. She was like, hey, this is, I've sinned. If they want to stone me, that's what the law says, right? They were challenging Christ on the law when he is the law. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's what Christ is really showing us. It's like, hey, when you come to confession, I am the law. Mm -hmm. You forget that I'm the guy in charge. So when you're coming to confession, the guy in charge wants to forgive you Mm -hmm. and wants you to follow him. The guy in charge already loves you and he's going to forgive you anyway. We forget that because it can be kind of scary. And I would think that for our priests, you know, kind of remember that when we're going to confession, we're a little bit scared. Right, you know, right. There's an element of fear there. And that's know? that's the other like OCD thing that I'm thinking, oh, am I doing this right? Am I doing, am I confessing all of my sins? Am I, you know, so becoming overly scrupulous. Sure, sure. Yeah. And ultimately that comes to where's my relationship with Christ? Because if I start getting over overly scrupulous, that's my relationship with myself. Mm-hmm. I'm worried because I did this and I'm going to go to hell and I'm going to do this and I'm, oh my gosh, and I, 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 I. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of I going on in there mm-hmm. versus how am I offending Christ by doing this? Mm-hmm. Christ, help me out with this one. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to bring this to you because if I'm going to confession over and over in a scrupulous way, um, I'm only thinking about me. I'm not even thinking about Christ in that relationship anymore. Imagine if a friend kept coming up to you and saying, hey, I stepped on your grass. <laughs> hey, I'm so sorry. I stepped on your lawn. Hey, I'm so sorry. You know, it, we, yeah, we don't want people stepping on our lawn, but if somebody comes to me every day telling me that they stepped on my lawn, that's no longer a relationship with them. I'd be like, you need some help. <laughs> you know, like, like, and that's okay, but in in a good way, you know, where right. it's like, hey, this isn't about our relationship anymore. So if we find ourselves doing that, which we, it can easily happen, mm-hmm. I would take a step back and say, wait, where's my relationship with Christ? Am I getting, am I just getting too much into my own head, into my own self? Mm-hmm. Or is this really about, you know, where's Christ see me in this one? Mm-hmm. You know? Right, right. But yeah, and, and it's fair to do. So I think that, you know, for our viewers, a few things during this Lenten season. One, well, the first thing I would say is, as we start thinking about going to confession, remember, it's a process. I can tell you as a doctor, you know, I can't fix you in a day. The priest is not going to, the absolution, the, the confession, it's not going to fix who we are in a day. And that's okay. It's not supposed to. I think it's, a, it's we got to remember that going to Christ is a journey. It's a process, getting to heaven. So it's an everyday thing. I want, I want us to work on ourselves every day. This is something I tell myself this all the time too because obviously i have to go to confession i stand there in the confessional line you'll see me there i might not be wearing a white coat but you'll see me you'll see me in the confessional line too just like anybody else you know i don't get it there's no special doctor line to get into heaven that's for sure so you know one remember it's a process and in that way be nice to yourself you know take it easier on yourself if there is a sin don't think that Christ, there's such a sin so big that christ is not going to forgive mm-hmm. two as we go to confession i got to remember for myself too i'm going to go try to rebuild a relationship with someone who already loves me who's, yeah. who, and who's not going to turn me away. Like I get, we go in there at confession thinking, oh my God, I'm going to get turned away. I'm, I can, like in my image, it's like a movie or something like the door is going to fly. I go into the confessional with the door. I'm kneeling down. The door is going to fly open. And I'm going to fly out the door because it was so bad, you know, and the priest <laughs> is just kicking me out. But, uh, you know, and, I, and all of a sudden I get shot across the church. Um, but no, you know, we, when we go to confession, so number one, it's a process. Number two, we're already going to somebody who loves us already, who wants to be with us. 
Um, and number three, I think it'd be fair if we go to confession to, to say, you know, as we say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. My last confession was, you know, to remind the priest, Father, I came here to find Christ today. You know, and this is what I, I accuse myself of this before Christ, for Christ. What do you think Christ would do for me? Or can I get Christ's advice? Um, I think that might help some of our priests to remember that because it's hard. It, it's hard to be in there. It, it can't be easy to be in there listening to confessions all day, all day long. Right. It might help our priests to remember, you know, I came here not to burden you, Father, at all. I know that you're a busy guy. Uh, and it is, you know, the, the priesthood is a heavy, heavy uh, uh, burden sometimes to carry for some priests. And, and for other priests, it's a joy. But depending on where that priest is at, just remind them I came here to talk to Christ. You know, I don't want to burden you, but you're my, you're my doorway. You're my link. Um, and that's beautiful. You know, yeah, we, no, I think that's a really great um, perspective and a, a great way for us to think about it. If we can remember to to even um, say that to a priest, I think it would he might fall off his chair. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but um, I think, no, you, you make a really good point um, to tr- try to uh, be mindful that we are communicating with Christ. It's not about your relationship with the priest. It's about your relationship with Christ. Yeah, because I know that that's, there's some people who, who say, oh, I only go to Father So-and-so for confession. And that's fine. That's who you're comfortable with. But that might be a burden for that priest too, where they say, gosh, you know, they're only coming in. Before. I think we should be ready to go to any priest for confession because it's the same Christ. And right. I think that if we start thinking that way, confession might not be so scary. It's like, yes, granted, I mean, if you know that a priest already, uh, that might not be his charism. That might not be what he's, he's good at or comfortable with that's okay you know but if you and if you know that that you go to confession to a particular priest and you really feel the love of christ there great you know mm-hmm. that's wonderful but to always expect the same priest to be available that might be a lot you know depending on on uh, your parish depending on the availability depending on how they are i can tell you as a physician yes I, i'll have a patient panel and they're all my patients so i take ownership of that but you know if i were a, a doctor in a small town somewhere um you know, and, and I'm the only doctor. Great. But if there's lots of doctors, you know, that can be, it can be a big deal. Any final words, Trish, as our, our show comes to an end here? No, I think, um, hopefully those who are watching, um, feel a little bit more at ease about the process of confession. Um, I hope that I know a lot of my questions were answered. <laughs> um, a lot of my, I, I'm going to be examining myself in a different light. Yeah, um, after know. having these conversations, it was really helpful. Um, yeah. And what I hope for our listeners is that, you know, that we don't always expect therapy from confession, right. but I hope that every confession is therapeutic right. and it'll be the most therapeutic when we do do a good examination of conscience, a good preparation, and really be honest with ourselves of where is my relationship with Christ? I tell you, when I pray that, that novena to Our Lady, oh my goodness, the seventh, Our Lady of Sorrows, pray that novena, that brought so many, I mean, and I wasn't even trying, I didn't know what I was going to say in confession. I just had my confession, and Our Lady, I think, helped guide me through it. Yeah. And it was so beautiful. That's the aid of the Holy that. Spirit. Yeah, I definitely. Do that every time. All right. We're going to be thank here you, again doctor. next week. Thank you, Trish, for being here. And thank you to all of our listeners. Until next time.